I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora. Welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast and thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host Jordan, I'm a mum of one, soon to be two boys and a lover of all things birth and a very passionate storyteller. The goal of Kiwi Birth Tales is to empower, inform, educate and connect families from New Zealand and all over the world, talking about the things that are so often kept to ourselves or shared with only our nearest and dearest because of this taboo that seems to surround sharing stories about birth. All stories deserve to be heard, no story more important than the other, And with this podcast, you'll get a variety without bias. The podcast is not intended for medical advice. I'm not an advocate for any particular mode of birth or birth care. And this platform is simply here to share these beautiful, empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. So I hope you enjoy. This week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by Your Birth Project. Your Birth Project is my online hypnobirthing course that is created for parents all around the world who want to feel empowered and confident going into their birthing experiences. It really is about creating your best birth and I can't tell you what that looks like nor can your midwife or your best friend. It is absolutely up to you what your best birth looks like. Your Birth Project is available online anytime and you can watch it as many times as you like, repeat whatever sections feel relevant to you within 12 months, which is really awesome. And you'll hear from Meg in this episode who also did the course and her and Guy did it quite early on in pregnancy and then again later towards the due date, which is such a lovely way to do it. So you get to implement the techniques throughout your pregnancy and then a refresher and reminder for your birth. So this episode is brought to you by Your Birth Project just super passionate about you creating your best birth and a heads up that on the 1st of December your birth project is launching an online store which is going to be a one-stop shop for Kiwi mums to shop for anything pregnancy birth or postpartum related and you don't need to go to other places all the time you can just come to the one place find everything that you need for any period of pregnancy, birth or postpartum and yeah just to find products that are highly recommended by me or people that I've had on the podcast or submitted by mums on Kiwi Birth Tales or who've done the course and yeah I just feel really passionately about the products that the store will be stocking. So very exciting times at the moment um, but yeah so this episode brought to you by Your Birth Project and all things that that encompasses And I'm really looking forward to jumping into this week's episode, so I promise I will stop talking soon, but just a little bit of information about what the episode's about. So I speak with Meg, and you may know her from the radio, um, very highly requested episode, and she hasn't really spoken about her birth too much anywhere else, so it's a really awesome episode to hear. We cover a gestational diabetes diagnosis, um, choosing to go with a midwife for her care, 
and what her pregnancy looked like and then into her birth story which after an epidural just turned into a really um, empowering and positive experience so she talks us through that and then a couple of complications postpartum and what life has been like being a mum so far so I know you're going to love the episode I promise you I'm done talking now so let's jump into it. Hey Meg thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me I'm really excited. No worries. I'm excited too. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Uh, sure. My name is Meg. Um, my husband's name is Guy and I have a family of uh, Nala and Plum, a cat and dog, and a recent baby, Daisy, who was born uh, a month ago today, actually. Oh, wow. Um, yes, yeah, a month ago today. And um, I work in radio on the edge on the breakfast show, the Megan Randall show. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. And do you want to take us through uh, what the journey was like to pregnancy for you guys? Yeah, we um, we started, oh gosh, I can't even remember. What year is it now? Are we in 2021? Yes. 21, yeah. 21. So we started trying around uh, September 2020. And uh, the hardest thing with pregnancy for me was not knowing how long it was going to take or if Mm. I was able to get pregnant. I had all my life had this very strange feeling that I would, um, I would struggle. I've talked to my mum about it for years. I've talked to therapists about it for years. And um, it's probably just because I'm a little bit of a control freak and I just didn't, (laughs) I didn't like the idea that it just is, it felt like luck of the draw. I could have Mm. gotten pregnant within the first month. I could take years to get pregnant. I maybe wouldn't be able to get pregnant. Um, And so we, we started in September, 2020 and I was pregnant in, uh, I got fell pregnant in February. Um, But two months of that last year, I had lost my period due to stress. So the November, December months, I I didn't get a period because I had such a stressful 2020. I imagine a lot of people know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. 2020 was not a good year for many people. Um, So we actually fell fell very quickly pregnant for what I've heard other averages can be, about four months um, in total of what we were trying when when I had a period. Yeah. Awesome. And were you tracking your cycles and stuff like that or what? Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, I was doing everything. I think, and I, I was really shocked and scared when I, when I got pregnant quite quickly because I just wanted to know if I could or could or not. I was Mm. more curious as to how long it was going to take. And then the moment I did start, I remember the moment we, um, we had sex without any protection. I went and looked in the mirror, like by myself afterwards. And I thought, Oh my God, I'm pregnant. Like I just thought (laughs) all my life I've been told like you have, you have sex and you're pregnant. pregnant." You know, I went to an all girls Catholic school. That was, I mean, I've obviously had more education since then, but it's kind of built into you that it's really easy to happen and um and I remember just thinking wow look at me I'm already pregnant and and thinking <laughs> this is what it feels like and then it was a real shock the next month to to get my period and think okay maybe it isn't as easy as I thought and then I got the tracking app and I started doing the cycles and I I got quite stressed about it quite quickly mm. um quite in quite involved in counting days and ovulating and I ended up taking Vitex, uh, Vitex, Vitex, it's a little supplement and I took that for a month and I don't know if it is due to it working it really well for me or coincidence but I got pregnant that month um, after after I started taking it so um, whether that did help me or not but I did have a bit of um, disruption with my period so I I imagine Mm. it helped a little. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you take a test because your period was late or have some other symptoms? Um, I, I, I would be, I'm so, hopefully this relates to anybody else. Um, listening, <laughs> but, um, I would be taking pregnancy tests like seven days before my period was due. <laughs> yeah. I, went, I, I was basically keeping the pregnancy test companies afloat <laughs> for those four months. I bought so many and it was really hard every time, even though I knew, um, obviously I knew that I wouldn't have, it, nothing would have showed up. It's it's mm. crazy how into it you can get really quickly. Yeah. And especially when I started, I skipped two months of periods and that's really hard when you're trying to get pregnant yeah. and my period missed. And I thought, Oh my God, here we are. And then the test kept showing up negative, negative, negative. And, um, and that was just because I was, um, yeah, stressed, but I, I came home and, um, I went to the toilet and I saw a bit of blood on the toilet paper and I thought, Oh God, here we go again. And I texted the guy straight away and I said, I've got my period. And, as soon as I sent that text to him, I had this really funny, like my heart started to beat a bit quicker because I thought I've never in my whole 30 years had my period come early. It's mm. come late before, but this was four days before I was due. This was on a Wednesday and I was due to get my period on the Saturday. And it was just a little bit of blood. It was a tiny little spot. It was very light pink. It wasn't like a blood color. And something clicked in my head mm-hmm. called implantation bleeding, where I'd read somewhere at like probably 2 a.m. in the morning when I couldn't sleep about it, that it is something about an egg sticking or, uh, oh God, hopefully... It's, it's not really a scientific science, mm-hmm. on it, but it, it's something about you get a little bit of bleeding when, yeah. when something sticks. Yeah. <laughs> that's not it. But um, so my, my heart started to race because I thought that's really weird to get my period early. And then I got a pregnancy test and I took it and no one else to this day can see the line, but I could see it. And mm-hmm. um, I, stood out, I stood outside. And I put it up to the sky and I, and I saw the faintest thing. And I, I knew it was something because every other test, there was nothing at all. Like you'd do complete clear space. And this had the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest ink clean if you squinted of a line. And I, I lost my mind at that point. I was about to do an interview. I was getting interviewed for a magazine called Capsule. And uh, in about five minutes after I did that test, and I remember thinking it was the worst interview of my life because my my head was gone. (laughs) My heart was racing. And I, in the end, I still wasn't confirmed that I was pregnant. But in my heart, I think I knew. But I also knew that was a bit silly after a test being so pale. Um, But I ended up getting another test. I went out that afternoon. And I got one of those ones that actually says pregnant or not pregnant oh, yeah. like by four weeks or something. And um, later that night, um, me and Guy were watching The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and I was sitting there itching. I was thinking, I have to wait until tomorrow because if I was pregnant, I wanted to do like an elaborate, congratulations, we're pregnant <laughs> to Guy, surprise. Um, and I knew that if I found out that night on a Wednesday night before I had work at four in the morning, there was no way I was going to be able to sleep and not tell him. But of course I couldn't wait. So in the middle of the movie, I got up, went to the bathroom, took the test. It said pregnant and I completely lost my breath and didn't know what to do. And so I just stood in, I was, I had this big plan of um, how I was going to tell Guy for years. And then it ended up being me standing in, what was going to be in and out is the baby's room. 
and asking him to come and check something out for me. And he got up, and I always do things like this. I always kind of get distracted, so he wasn't catching on to anything. And he walked in, and I just said, I'm pregnant, and I was holding his chest. And it was, um, he was he was very shocked because earlier that day I told him I had <laughs> my period. And then it was yeah. in the middle of a movie, and it was like dinner time. There was no big surprise, and it was just out <laughs> of the blue. But, yeah, it was the implantation bleeding that got me. That was, yeah. that was how I knew yeah yeah amazing oh it's so funny like you just talking about telling him that you're pregnant makes me so teary-eyed oh <laughs> must be my it's, postpartum hormones it's literally the most unromantic uncool yeah. way of telling somebody but I think it was just so overwhelming and yeah. you, I mean everyone that I think has had that that moment of the pregnancy test being pregnant knows that that insane excitement and fear mm. I was terrified as well mm. I was like well, oh my god it's happened now like it's real now yeah. Yeah. and um yeah the the overwhelming emotions was was pretty full-on got yeah. it yeah it was great yeah awesome and how were you feeling in that first trimester did you end up with many pregnancy symptoms yeah I I, I was I think I was quite lucky I mean I definitely had the nausea um I didn't have the vomiting I had I had a couple of vomits throughout the whole pregnancy mm. but I didn't have the I know a lot of people have it every day and every morning or every night but I had the severe like hangover seasickness nausea mm. um but due to my job I, I have to get up at you know four in the morning and go to work and be like super happy and mm. switched on and I couldn't tell anyone um at the show on the show because as much as I love them all they're terrible at keeping secrets and my job <laughs> is about like honesty and transparency and I knew if I told them then somebody would let it slip or somebody yeah. would like allude to like why am I grumpy this morning or why can't Megan have a shot of alcohol <laughs> with us? I knew they would do something, even not being malicious, but it was it was getting harder and harder to hide it. I had one show one morning where um, <laughs> I had to drink a smoothie of blended salmon and Tabasco sauce, <laughs> and I had my I had terrible nausea, and I had to just down it because I thought if I don't do this, then they're going to think what's up and something's yeah. up and then um I eventually um did have to kind of let them know that <laughs> I can't do shots or anything <laughs> um you can't make me do these stupid dears I was texting my midwife being like can I get like a wedgie or is that gonna like is that gonna do something <laughs> to the baby or can I drink this salmon and Tabasco smoothie or is that fine or not she was so like blown away by these strange requests that yeah. sending through but um yeah nausea mostly but I, I think I got quite lucky I think it could have been worse yeah, yeah what awesome. people have. I loved the video of you telling your workmates that oh, was so cool so cute wasn't it god <laughs> yeah. that was so happy yeah no, that was awesome cool and so you said that you had a midwife did you choose just um just to go with a midwife for your care or did you work with an obstetrician too no just a midwife um yeah. but the, it's not just a midwife it's uh gosh I have learned so much about how incredible these people are to our communities and us and I had absolutely no idea how much they do how selfless Mm -hmm. they are and how little they get paid by the government for all the work that they Mm -hmm. they give and do for us so um yeah I had the most incredible midwife and I'm sure everybody says that about their own but um yeah (laughs) I she uh I I would never, and same guy would say the same, we would never have enough words to describe her, how much she has 
changed our experience of pregnancy and yeah. how if we had somebody different, I, I don't know what it would have been like, but um, we we're endlessly grateful for her, endlessly. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. That's so cool. And did you do the sort of standard testing in your pregnancy that's offered in New Zealand? And did you find out the sex of your baby? Uh, we did the standard uh, testing. I I believe we did everything that yeah that was available to us. Apart from we didn't find out the sex of the baby. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to. We we were very excited to have that surprise. And I yeah. um I'm a big surprise girl, and <laughs> I have had many, many ruined in my life where I've yeah. figured it out um, and or I've caught on to something. So I really wanted a genuine surprise that nobody was going to know the answer. Guy didn't know. I didn't know. My midwife didn't know. Um, the only person that ended up finding out was the one time we had the scan and they had to check everything was okay yeah. down there. Um, and that was one person who I later on asked and she'd forgotten anyway. So <laughs> it was it was really nice that nobody nobody knew. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And did you go to any antenatal classes or do any other type of birth education going into your labour? Yes, I did your birth project, oh, cool. uh, which was fantastic. <laughs> you know, it really yeah. was me. I sat down and um, I would sit on my Swiss ball because we did twice, actually. We did it really early on. Yeah. Um, and then we did it about two weeks before I went nice. to labour um, as a refresher. And I was yeah. sitting on that Swiss ball just doing all my breathing and practising, um, bopping around. And it was, yeah, it was really helpful during um during labor as well and I also did hatched antenatal and I did uh antenatal classes as well (laughs) we wanted to be (laughs) as prepared as possible um but the only bad thing with antenatal classes is that we had to do it all via zoom because of COVID and lockdown Mm -hmm. so I still haven't met anybody from antenatal and uh they did a really good job of of still teaching us while what with what they had mm. but I feel we did miss out on the hands-on how to do a car seat how to bathe a baby yeah. all yeah. those things how even doing it I'd never changed a nappy before yeah. um even I just wanted to have that hands-on feeling of it but it was still good for what it was for yeah what they had to do yeah yeah no cool and did you have like a birth plan or thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go um no birth plan my only plan was to go with whatever I wanted on the day. I yeah. was very open to everything and anything. If I felt I didn't need any drugs, I was fine with that. If I felt I needed all the drugs, I was also <laughs> fine with that. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted, I also had heard some stories from friends who had big, beautiful plans. And then unfortunately they all got changed last minute mm-hmm. and they found it very hard to, to, deal with that whilst they were in labor knowing that everything had changed all of a sudden and they yeah. couldn't do what they wanted to um so I kind of made no plan knowing that if I didn't really have a plan then nothing could go wrong in my head because it was it was I was always ready for whatever was going to happen and I was going to birth at hospital meaning for me I could have all drugs or no um, or no drugs so um no plan just go with the flow do yeah. what you need to do yeah cool Awesome. And what about preparation for birth? Were you doing anything like antenatal expressing or perennial massage or anything like that? Um, I did. I tried antenatal expressing and I um, I wasn't very, not good at it. I could only get the tiniest little bubbles. Yeah. And I was really excited though when I saw those. That was <laughs> such a moment when um, I went to my midwife and 
she said, let's see if you have any. And I got my boob out and she, she squeezed my nipple. And I, I remember feeling super overwhelmed. I think I felt faint afterwards seeing that something was coming out of my neck. <laughs> because it was the first yeah. time I was like, oh my gosh, it's like working and it's happening. And my body's creating milk for this baby inside of me. Um, that was, in, that was incredible, but I don't think I was very good at getting it myself. We, we tried every night to do it and we ended up getting truly a drop. Like when I, when yeah, I got yeah. a drop, I was really happy about that, but it was not worth keeping. Um, and we, we talked about, uh, is it perennial or perennial? Perennial. Yeah. <laughs> Massage. And I couldn't, I was, my belly was so big. I couldn't get down there myself. And, <laughs> um, we kept saying for, that we wanted my husband guy to try it, but we also, um, kept forgetting. I don't know if that was purposely yeah. or not, but um, yeah. we did want to try that and then ended up um, not doing any of it. So uh, preparation, not too much. I did a lot of prep in the way of like freezing pads and things like that, yeah. but not body wise. Cool. And with the testing that was offered, did you have um, any results that came back that you needed to do anything with or yeah, what was the outcome there? Yeah, I, I had the gestational diabetes test um, when everyone is meant to have it. It came back totally fine and that was great. And then later on in the pregnancy around, I think it was around 30 weeks, might have been even later, we did a scan and um, <laughs> the baby's belly was looking quite large and I remember the scanning lady was like oh that's a chubby baby so she said might be worth just getting another test and it was very casual and then I got another test and I was borderline so I wasn't gestational diabetes but I was very close to it so we basically uh, my midwife and I decided that we would just treat it as I had it because it looked like I was tracking to get it. Um, so then I did end up having to do uh, the the blood tests and the and and um, it was my fasting one that I that was out of not out of control, but it was the one that was too high. My actual eating ones and the diet ones that you can change via diet um, were fine. It was the fasting one, um, but I, I did find that really hard. I found it really hard to get. Um, get past because I I thought that was it was my own fault I, I I wasn't educated about gestational diabetes I just heard the word diabetes I know I'm a bigger girl and I found it really really hard to process my wonderful midwife uh sat me down for quite a few serious talks <laughs> about no this is just something that happens it happens to thin people it happens to big people it's just something that your body does yeah and um it will go after the pregnancy which it has so um but I did find that really hard at the start because and I felt quite I felt quite shameful when I first had it because I again I didn't I didn't know what it was and I didn't want to talk about it with anyone thinking that if they didn't know what it was either, they would just take one look at me being a bigger girl and think, oh, look at you not looking after yourself or the baby when um, when that wasn't the case at all. So I found that quite hard at the start and then um, I ended up just reading up on it and um, giving myself a bit of a you know slap around and saying, no, this is just something that has happened to you and we just had to deal with it. And, um, and in the end it was, it was fine. You know, she's, she's perfectly fine. She wasn't too big in the end at all. Mm. Yeah. I think it's so, um, there'll be a lot of people, including myself who can relate to that sort of feeling about gestational mm. diabetes. Like I didn't end up having it, but I was really worried because I knew I was overweight going yeah. into my pregnancy. I was worried I was going to get it. And then I spoke with my midwife about it and she said, no, that's actually got nothing to do. Yeah. With it. Um, I and I remember actually back to a podcast episode where I had a lady who used to run 
I can't remember if it was triathlons or marathons, but she was super, super, super fit and she had gestational diabetes. And that was probably like a good reminder for me that um, anybody can get it. And yeah, I think it's important to talk about that. Yeah. Your podcast really helped me through that actually, because I went back and listened to all the ones I could find about gestational diabetes to to normalize it within myself because um, yeah, I, I also had a friend I, um, and who I ended up talking to quite a bit about it, who is a lot smaller than me, very petite person naturally. And she had it and I just needed to, mm. yeah, just, just tell myself that. And, but yeah, it is, there was a lot, a lot of judgment on myself from myself yeah. at yeah. first. Yeah, no, I can, I can relate and understand that, but it's nice that you had a midwife as well, who was uh, yeah, really yeah, helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really, really drummed it into me. Yeah. Really, which is what I needed. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And do you want to take us through your labor starting? Was it spontaneous and how far along were you? And then, yeah, into your birth story from there. I'm excited. So I was uh, ready for, I was prepped for an induction or um, Todd was getting an induction at 39 plus four or five days. Which one, but 39 plus 405 because my gestational diabetes and um, because the <laughs> baby was looking to be quite large. And um, and then the Friday, no, the, the Saturday morning before I was meant to be going in on the Wednesday to have an induction, I woke up and I thought, huh. I've wet myself a little, <laughs> which wasn't surprising because that was one of my big side effects with pregnancy. I was weaning all the time I didn't know it was possible I had uh definitely had pregnancy insomnia I was up about seven or eight times a night to to go to the bathroom and so I wasn't surprised that one morning I woke up and I was like oh my undies are a bit wet cool um this is another low point of your life Megan (laughs) so I went back to bed (laughs) that's how grotty I am I went back I was like it's okay it was just like it was just damp and then I woke up like 20 minutes later and I was like okay something else is happening here maybe and I got out of bed and it was my husband's first day off because he was taking some some leave knowing I was going to have an induction and I promised him the night before that I'd let him sleep until eight in the morning (laughs) because I had pregnancy insomnia I was up at all hours and it was it was I remember very clearly it was 7 47 a.m oh do I wait or should I I was like it's close enough and so I woke him up and I said I think my water's broken and um that made him wake up very quickly and I started to shake because it felt very real then because I knew that your waters didn't have to just gush out like they do in the movies um and by this point when I'd gotten out of bed because we were sleeping in separate rooms by this point in the pregnancy as well um it was definitely dropping down my leg and I thought okay I don't have control of that that's not me weaning myself that is that is definitely some sort of waters breaking and I was so excited I always <laughs> wanted my waters to break and that was my big thing that I felt like I was going to miss out on with the induction um so we'd we'd, we'd got water balloons we planned to like pop them between my legs the morning of just so I could have that moment before we went and tried to give birth but um yeah my waters is broke and I I told my midwife and um we ended up having a very normal day we did a lot of house cleaning because I knew that water's breaking didn't mean I was going into labor straight away um so we did a lot of house cleaning we ended up having a really nice dinner that night and the plan was if I went into established labor that night then to go to hospital if I went into any sort of like kind of starting labor to stay at home and then call my midwife at 7 a.m and uh if I nothing had happened then to go to hospital in the morning and and 
basically have the induction started there because it would have been 24 hours since my waters broke. Which is what ended up happening. I felt I thought I was having contractions um, throughout the night, and I laugh about that now because that was not a contraction. Whatever I was feeling, I was like, "Look at me handling this so well." No, not at all. And I like did my makeup in the morning, and I washed my hair, and off we went to hospital. And I, <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I went to tell the nurses, "Like, oh hi, I'm in, I'm in labour, and I'm just like handling it so well." And I remember one nurse saying, "You're not in labour, love." Like, bless her, because she must have just laughed, taking one look at me, thinking I was doing such a good job. But, no, I was definitely not in labor at that point. Um, I was having small, like, very mild period pains, basically, some rumblings. And so then we, yeah, then we went into the hospital room, and we were going to get started on misoprobitol, um, which is a tiny little bit of medicine to get my induction started. And... I was I was a bit nervous about that. Every story I'd heard about um, induction to misoprobitol, people had taken like two days to to give birth, or they'd taken eight shots of it and then had to go and stay in hospital overnight and start again the next morning. So I was well ready for a good couple of days of, of trying to get this labour started, but it started straight away with me. I took one shot, and yeah, I took one shot, and at about I think nine a.m. and I was like, okay, things are starting to ramp up, but I was still laughing about it. I was still like, I was super in control. Then I took the second shot, and that's when, um, yeah, no, that's when they started really starting. That's when I was like, oh, this is what a contraction is, and that's when I really um, pulled on on your course. I sat on my um, Swiss ball and I put on my headphones and listened to some of my upbeat music and I did my bre- uh, breathing. I put on a lens machine and my husband was a fantastic support person to me um, at that point. He basically just sat for two and a half hours opposite me while I went through it and I locked into my headspace and I was, oh, I was in such a good headspace. I was so proud of myself and it was really painful, but I was breathing and I was going through it. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the, when I got checked after two and a half hours of what was for me really hard work, it was it was hard, and they I had contractions. Um, I had contractions about forty five seconds to a minute long, and they were every three to four minutes for two and a half hours, and that felt that was a lot for me. And I'm sure it's a lot for everyone, but you know I don't know if I have a low pain threshold, but that was that was two and a half hours of really hard work. And then a nurse came in and checked me, and I was two centimeters. And I, I really lost it at that point. I lost my, I just went. I, um, my mental wall went down. I was absolutely gutted, um, completely broken by that point of what I felt like was an exhausting morning and afternoon to only be two centimetres. Um, and I was basically two centimetres the week before. I had a switch, stretch and sweep and I, you know, I was well and truly ready to go into birth. So I felt like I had made no progress at all. Um, I was fully effaced, I think that's the word, but um, but not, yeah, only two centimetres. And I asked the nurse um, about pain relief at that point. And there was a little bit of a miscommunication, I think, because she said, um, oh, no, um, you can't have an epidural until you're about five centimetres. And in my head, I was just thinking any pain relief because I'd had nothing at this point. I know, And I, I remember from your course and other courses, people were spoken about other... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Pain reliefs, I heard something about a gas and all these other things that it, that I thought were available to me. And she just said no to an epidural until I was five centimeters. And I, I found it very, very hard to come back from that because... I, I felt I felt like I wasn't able to do it. I knew I had to do three more centimeters before mm. any sort of pain relief whatsoever. She she said I should go and take a shower and use it as a distraction. And I thought, just like I I I, I won't swear, but I, I at that point was like, are you are you actually serious? Like I just got through two and a half hours of what felt like the worst pain of my life, and you've told me to have a shower. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was I had lost it, and um, I started throwing up on every contraction from that point. That could have also been like a mental thing where I, I became quite scared. But um, but also the pain was really extreme for me then. And I started, I think, moving quite fast then through. I didn't take any more misoprobital. Um, and my husband, Lisa, um, got in touch with Katie, our midwife, and said, look, Megan's Megan needs help. And she said, does she need me? Because normally I think they only come when established labour is, is, is happened and I wasn't there yet. But she said, I'll come because she's very amazing. And she ordered me an epidural. She got somebody to come up and I'd found out I'd been put into a natural room and it was not something I'd wanted. It was just the only room available. But that's where I think there might have been a miscommunication because... Um, I don't know if they thought that's what I wanted, but I definitely didn't. I wanted the gas and I heard somebody say gas. I was really excited to try it. And I heard some, like somebody was coming up with an epidural. And from that moment, I was able to regain myself again because I knew that something was coming to help me. And I got on the gas and that was great. It didn't quite, it didn't help with the pain, but it definitely put me to a different place. I don't know how to quite describe that, but it, it definitely helped me. And then I got the epidural put in and, Basically, my birth from then on out was was heaven. I just, I really, really enjoyed it, and um, I I know that so many incredible people give birth without any pain relief or drugs. I'm just not one of them, and I needed I needed the help. And then it it was honestly the most amazing experience from there on out. It was incredible. Yeah, amazing. So, did they check you before putting in the epidural? They didn't cheat. I think they cheat right afterwards. I am a bit blurry on those details, yeah. but I know that my midwife said you're three or four centimeters now. Um, yeah. So it happened really quickly from then. And that was at about five o'clock at night when I, when I got the epidural yeah. um, put in and, and then I ended up giving birth five hours later. Oh, so wow. I think it was, yeah, it was quite quick in the end. Yeah. And could you move at all with the epidural? Um, upper body, yes. Um, yeah. It was a little, mis- not mistake, I don't know if that's the right word. I don't want to um, be wrong to the person who did it. But they then they hit the slightly wrong spot. I, they mm-hmm. ended up having a spinal tap, um, not an epidural, which is what they do for C-section. So mm-hmm. I was really numb. Yeah. I was really, really numb. And um, I wasn't mad about that, to be fair. But <laughs> I was, I was yeah. like, okay, whoops, too much. Yeah. Um, 
and and so I couldn't move my legs at all. Um, it did wear off, and we had some problems getting it back, but I ended up, um, thankfully, having the pain relief was there when I actually had to push um, because I was, I was worried it was going to wear off right before I had to. Um, yeah. But, no, it ended up being really good, but I did have a very strange feeling when I could see um, my husband and my midwife lifting my legs up for me to put them in the stirrups, and yes. I couldn't feel a thing, and I, yeah. I, I felt quite queasy with that. That, yeah. that made me feel quite ill. And um, even though I never had the sharp pain of going through the transitional period, um, which was the part I was most scared of with birth, um, I, I threw up when that happened. So I think my body knew it was happening anyway, even though um, I didn't per se feel it happening. My body started to shake. I had uncontrollable shakes at that point and, and throwing up. So I knew something was changing when, when I got t- down to pushing. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy, isn't it, that your body still goes through that transitional yes. phase, even if you like can't consciously sort of feel the change. I think yeah. it's like the pressure and the the hormones that it sends around your body. You you know, <laughs> it was so overwhelming. I knew that that's what was happening, and the shakes were uncontrollable. I was really yeah. really shaking, yeah. and that lasted quite a while. That was oh, um, that lasted quite a while with me, where I wouldn't have been able to hold a cup of water. It was really yeah. bad shakes, and I. Um, I lost uh, feeling a bit of my fingers. Um, I think the the spinal tap went a little high. uh, And so I had really, really, really cold hands and fingers and feet. Um, But they just got me some hot water bottles and warmed me up. Um, But, yeah, no, that transitional period was really intense, even with an epidural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so did Katie tell you when it was time to push or what sort of happened from there? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had the most amazing room set up and that and by that point we had like all the lights turned off apart from like little um fake tea lights and fairy lights and we had low music playing and um I think I took a nap at one point. It was amazing and then I could feel something was changing and happening and she said, You're moving really fast through this. Earlier on she said, I think we'll have a baby maybe by midnight and then as it just kept happening faster and faster uh yeah she was like right we're ready to go at 10 o'clock I was um told to start pushing 10 o'clock at night and um I was warned that first first pregnancies and also I think with the epidural it can take quite a while to push um a couple of hours I was I was told to prepare for but um that was when my superhuman superwoman kind of came came in I um, I felt really, really powerful, even though I couldn't, I had the epidural and the pain wasn't there. I could still definitely feel things were happening, mm, yeah. but um, the pushing was like my, my time that I really found myself again, I was hyper-focused in on it and um, ended up giving birth 27 minutes later. Um, so that was an amazing quick birth. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. that couldn't really feel what was where to push or what to do. I just, that was my best moment. That was like, the euphoria that I hear other people yeah. talking about with birth is that that pushing was my moment. And I, I really enjoyed that part. Again, yeah. I had drugs and people would be like, <laughs> yeah, like you didn't feel anything, but yeah, I, you still do. You still you know do, something's sure. happening down there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like a, I can definitely relate to that. Like I think for me, I describe it as like a pressure kind of feeling. Like I wasn't yeah. in pain, but it was enough pressure to be like, this feels painful. Yes, yeah, um, exactly that, right? But it wasn't yeah. pain, but I knew it was like, well, I know there's a head there. I know yes, there's something exactly. happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, did you have a plan that Katie would put your baby up onto your chest or was Guy going to do that? What was your plan with that? Yeah. No, the plan was because we became so close to Katie. She, yeah, as I said before, she was um, 
just such an incredible part of our pregnancy and birth. Um, and we also had uh, birthing mama, um, Alicia, her midwifery student with um, with her as well. So it was just the four of us and she's yeah. fantastic as well. Um, uh, we asked Katie to to tell us um, who, who, who we had, uh, basically. So we told her yeah. the two names that we had for either a boy or a girl. And um, we wanted to find out um, if it was a boy or a girl by her saying the name. Oh, amazing. So she, uh, we, gave, I gave birth to Daisy and she said, um, here's Daisy. And then she <laughs> put her on my, on my chest. And that's how we found out the sex as well at the same yeah. time. Um, Guy did like go down and what he didn't know if he wanted to beforehand um, watch or yeah. be involved, but he did. And he was so amazing. He was just fascinated <laughs> by it all. A big smile on his face the whole time. So it was fantastic and then yeah he did ended up cutting the cord and uh, that that moment was just obviously really incredible and overwhelming I remember being shocked at how warm she was that was the thing that got mm. me the most is like how hot she was and she was really purple when she came out and I was so worried I, I just kept saying what's wrong what's wrong but everyone keeps saying she's perfectly fine <laughs> and she was she she just did one little cry and then she was quiet afterwards and I think that's why I thought something was wrong yeah, she yeah. wasn't loud she was just chilling straight away yeah I'm very calm so I was yeah it was an amazing moment yeah beautiful very cool and did you need any stitches or anything like that from your birth yeah, I had uh, just a second, uh, like only just heading over to that second degree tear. Yeah. Um, it was a very small tear and it was because her little hand came up right at the last minute by her <laughs> head. Um, so I would have been, I would have been fine if it wasn't for that little hand, but yeah. um, I got the stitches and, and that was totally fine again. I was numbed up and yeah. um, I've actually had no problems with them since. I, I didn't even really have pain with them afterwards. Oh, I don't awesome. know if, if that's um, tribute to Katie's good work. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think I was expecting the worst. I was so worried about tearing. And I remember mm. when I was pushing, I was holding back a bit. And I said that to Katie when I was pushing. I said, I'm holding back because I'm scared I'm going to tear. And she said, you just need to commit. Mm. So I was like, okay. And that's when I started properly pushing. Um, but the tear, it really wasn't that bad. That was my one of my biggest fears. But yeah. it's been yeah. fine. It's healed up fine. I think it's such a normal fear, right? The thought yeah, of your vagina oh tearing God. is just like the worst thing that you can possibly I was think of. Terrified of birth as well. Absolutely yeah. mortified. Uh, so scared of labor and birth beforehand. Yeah. And um, so, if anybody else is experiencing that and scared <laughs> of birth, it's really fine. It was. I had a tear, and I didn't even. It was. It was actually just no big deal. Yeah. I just used a peri wash bottle to yeah. instead of wiping, and it's healed. It's all good. There's yeah, yeah no troubles. Yeah, amazing. Cool. And how long did you end up staying in hospital for after you gave birth? Um, I wanted to only stay one day um, and then we wanted to make my way up to Walkworth Birth Centre. I'd heard amazing things. Um, unfortunately, I did have a complication with the epidural. Um, as you know, it, was, it did turn into a spinal tap accidentally. Yeah. And I ended up getting a spinal tap headache, which has a fancier I think it's called PBP something, but um, mm-hmm. I had a spinal tap headache and which meant um, I couldn't sit up at all. Um, mm. I had to be lying down the whole time, extreme nausea, extreme headache um, and shakes. Um, and <laughs> the only way it either goes away by itself um, eventually, um, but I had to get a blood patch, which is where I had to get taken down into a surgery room and they had to take bloods out of my arm and then put it, back into my spine put a 
Um, so I had to get another like lumbar puncture or epidural sort of injection and get my own blood put back into my spine to, to fix it, which was oh, wow. a really crap experience. Yeah. But it was made incredible by the staff there. Um, actually, I don't know if anybody knows um, her, but Morgan Edwards, she has a in, um, yes. Instagram page, Dr. Morgan yeah. Edwards. She was the person that did it. So I was so oh, excited. Cool. I like totally <laughs> fangirled over seeing her. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're doing it. And she was, she and the other nurses were absolutely, they made me um, get a bit teary. They were incredible. They treated me yeah. almost like a five-year-old and I mean that in the best way they treated mm. me with sensitivity and care and empathy even though I was this grown-ass woman boiling her eyes out I felt like a little kid being looked after it was just yeah. amazing yeah. it was so yeah. great that's so funny you say that about Morgan I was like high on my gas and my labor and I asked my anaesthetist did he know her <laughs> really <laughs> and he was oh like uh no and I was like oh you have to follow her on Instagram he's like I don't have Instagram I was like oh perfect <laughs> oh my gosh oh my so gosh funny. yeah I was so excited um yeah. I think she's amazing so that was really cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a yeah. bonus Awesome. And did it make the headache go away? Instantly went away. So if oh, anybody, wow. again, has that experience and, and finds out they do get a, a the rare side effect of the headache after getting an epidural, it goes away straight after the blood patch. That was yeah. that was amazing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so did you head home not too long after that or how, yes. how long did you have to stick around? I had to stay one more night and that was yeah. um, a big blow. I was really upset because I had a... Um, we know how hard it is to get into kind of birth care afterwards. And we knew it was a really busy time and they had a bed for me. And then I had to stay another night in hospital. So I lost that room. Oh, um, so yeah. that was, that was my hormones. And also just me being really upset about that. I had a big cry about that, but yeah. I ended up getting a room the next day and went to walk with birth center, which again was um, the most incredible experience. I can't believe that this is even like, available to people and it should be available to every single person if they want it I hadn't heard of um, birth centers at all I'm I'm a I'm from Wellington I don't think they have them there in the same way that they have them up in Auckland I think they've got yeah. private birth centers but in Auckland um, I had a friend tell me go to birth care afterwards and I thought what's that and um, I was very very excited and they looked after me and guy and everyone else there obviously so incredibly well to have a place that Guy and I can both sleep in the same bed together whilst yeah. not being at home because, of course, the hospital, he was sleeping in a chair. Um, and then having access to nurses 24-7 to help us with formula or feedings or yeah. asking yeah. questions. Plus, they fed me. The food was beautiful. <laughs> I just I, – I can't – talk enough how incredible those people were that looked after us and how incredible that whole system is and how we didn't have to pay for it I just I go to birth care if you have access to it it <laughs> yeah. was so great it was yeah. so great for us yeah awesome cool and how did you feel like obviously your whole life has just changed now that you've got this little human right so how did you feel after you left birth care and you took Daisy home and your parents and you've got your little baby in your own space and yeah what was that like it it was it's been so much more different than I thought it was going to be. I was really scared and this is I guess quite vulnerable to admit, but I was really scared to become a mum. I was really worried I wasn't going to like it and that's a really horrible thing to say now that I know that I have Daisy. Yeah. But I was um I was it just felt so permanent and I don't yes. know yeah. many changes in people's lives 
that you have to take that it's super permanent. You buy a house, you can sell a house. I mean, you get yeah. married in theory, you can get divorced, you know, yeah. but this felt like, like what, Megan, there is no going back. This is the rest of your life down a totally different path. And I knew it was going to be good, but I also was just thinking, what if I'm no good at being a mum? What if mm-hmm. I'm actually too selfish? What if I don't like getting up 15,000 times in the night and being tired all the time and having sore boobs and all the other things that I knew came with being a mother I think Mm. a lot a lot of very um I think it's fantastic how people have been so open about how hard um, motherhood can be um but for me it scared me and um it's so good to know now that I'm in it that there's other people that are also Mm. you know that it can be a struggle but beforehand I was like that doesn't sound fun Mm. I was I was desperate for some like fun nice stories about becoming a mum and all I could seem to find is like how tired people were and how hard it was and how you can lose connections with your partners and how to get that connection back and I was really scared and so I was so pleased to to realize how one in love with Daisy I was um to how I still felt like myself afterwards I still feel like me I've just got a baby and I thought it was going to be this hot, totally different Megan and this totally big change and it is but it is in a better way I feel much mm-hmm. more I tried to word it in, a, in an Instagram post the other day but it's like this weird switch in my head where I just feel more at peace with who I am now or more confident with who I am I it's it's hard to put into words I feel like the same person but I also feel completely different but it's in a good way and um, even though I'm tired I actually sleep better than when I did when I was pregnant um because when I was pregnant (laughs) it was I was up all the time whereas now it's just up once or twice a night yeah um and yeah she's just I mean you you know the feeling too she's just the coolest and I just kind of can't believe that she's my little friend and I think she's (laughs) I think she's way cooler than me already and um it's it's yeah, I was so scared beforehand of how it was going to change for the worse when I didn't realize how good it was going to be for changing for the better. Yeah, yeah, that's so nice to hear. I think it's so funny. Like, uh, I think my sons are just going to be cooler than me, like for the rest yeah. of my life now. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just like, take one look of it, look at her. She's like thirty days old, and I yeah. just know that she knows more than me. I know yes. she's going to. <laughs> put me in my place at some point when she's yeah. a teenager and um yeah I just think she's absolutely the coolest person I know which is a really strange thing to describe about this tiny tiny little human <laughs> that you yeah you, I just instantly feel kind of like ready to learn from her yeah I'm so ready for her to tell me um what life is like when she's older yeah awesome I think that's so cool and have you um what's your breastfeeding experience been like um it is it's uh, well there's um I don't I actually don't think I've ever ever spoken openly about this but I had a breast reduction years and years and years ago yeah um yeah I don't think I've ever told anybody that uh but it was something from a kind of different life of mine it was I think I was 19 or 20 years old so it feels like a lifetime away and it was it was over 10 years ago but I have known from then that it was probably going to be very difficult for me to breastfeed um and that I was going to have a hard journey so I've been very open to formula and bottle feeding from there but I have been able to breastfeed I just have a low supply which is it's been nice to have anything um and that's been fun I have to use um nipple shields at at all times I have haven't been able to 
get rid of those yet. And I don't think I need to anyway. No. But um, I have nipple shields and she latches great. And I just do top-ups with formula and we're happy with that anyway. But, um, yeah, we were very open to, to knowing that we were going to have to use formula because of my breast reduction. So from the get-go, we haven't we haven't put too much pressure on me. So it's any, any breast milk has been great and it's been nice to be able to do that with her. But she would not, I don't think, be able to be thriving without the help of formula. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. And I think it's nice to hear an experience where, um, you know, you're using nipple shields and you're doing top-ups and I'm the, I'm exactly the same as you. I have done both of those things with Ali. Um, but just, it just is, you know, my baby's healthy and happy yeah. and fed and just, you know, whatever goes, goes. So I think that's really, yeah, it's really nice to hear. Yeah, I was I was really stressed about the, the pressure of breastfeeding, but I think because I knew – I probably couldn't. It was quite good for me in the way that it it was less pressure because I was like, well, it's it's you know it's it's most likely not going to be able to happen. Um, but it yeah, it's been it's it's been better than I thought it was going to be. It was really painful at the start. Oh my gosh, holy hell! And I've got um, Raynards of the nipples, which means uh, um, yes. Have you yeah. heard about that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awful as well so any sort of cold air that gets onto them like I lose all the blood to my nipples and they go white and it's extremely painful so the nipple shields have really helped with that and um and yeah it's just so nice relaxing myself a little bit with knowing that she needs formula it's all good she's totally healthy and putting on weight perfectly um and the breast milk any any of it is a real bonus for me yeah yeah Awesome. That's so cool. And how has Guy gone with the adjustment to dad life and what's your sort of relationship um, been like over the last four weeks? And yeah, how have you found those sort of changes? It's It's been, we were really nervous about that. We taught, we are huge communicators and um, we had big chats beforehand, been worried about uh, losing our relationship and ourselves mm. um, with the baby because uh, we we have always put each other as number one over the past what nine years of our relationship. Yeah. Um. So we knew that that was going to change really drastically, but it's been again another thing that I thought I was ready for the worst, and it's it's mm-hmm. been it's been great, and it's only four weeks. So ask me <laughs> in a few months. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been really good, and uh, he's really really hands on, and because of course. We had to do formula from day dot because of my my boobs. Um, it, he's been really involved with feeding, yeah. um, and and connecting and and helping as much as he can with her. Uh, and yeah, it's it's felt very fifty fifty because um, we have access and we use a bottle and formula. It's been really fifty fifty at the moment. He's gone back to work, so I'm doing the overnights by myself. Um, this week was my is my first week. Um, so yay me, I've survived. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but then I'm going to, I have to um, go back to work quite yeah. early. Um, so yeah. I'm going back to work in March, which is only four months off for me, which is really scary. Uh, but then Guy's taking two months off and he's been oh, awesome. at home dad after that. So it's, I'm really happy that he gets that experience and he gets yeah. to kind of do, do that. Um, and also it will help me going to work knowing that yeah. he's there. Totally. And then if anybody knows a really great nanny who wants to get up at 4.30 and look after our baby from from like May next year, call me, please. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's going to want to come and do those hours, but we'll find someone, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, it's so nice to have um, your partner be able to do 
if you know if it works for your family like it sounds like it's going to for you to have that time at home right with your baby but yeah. joe was the same and oh, he, cool. he has a totally different perspective on being a parent because he has done the stay at home side as well um oh that's so just, great I didn't know he yeah. did that that's awesome it just makes the world of difference in my opinion <laughs> yeah and that's what I'm hoping too as well I'm hoping that it for both of us to to go through I mean I think he gets the easier time to be fair he gets yes. it from like four months <laughs> yeah um, that's so fun, fun then <laughs> <laughs> um but uh oh she's just waking up good girl stay asleep stay asleep um but yeah I'm really excited for him because I if if you can do it, like what an experience for you yeah. know partners to be able to, to stay at home and get that time with with them. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm really excited for him. I think he's actually going to love it, and I think he's going to want to take the pram out or the front pack and go out <laughs> with the girls and have a coffee date. And yeah, I think he's going to really thrive. So cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome cool and is there anything else that you wanted to share Meg in terms of any of your journey that we haven't covered um not not I think we've got we've covered so much have fun <laughs> editing this sorry I'm sorry oh um, my god editing from my side with my <laughs> screaming baby um no I mean the only thing uh that I can I can shout out is uh, my midwife and how incredible Katie Hawkey was yeah. and how important having a fantastic midwife was to me in my journey. Yeah. Um, also, um, uh, because I was a plus size person, um, I was really nervous about, oh my God, now my dog's going in the background. I was really <laughs> nervous about judgment with that. And yeah. um, she very much so did not give me any judgment on, on my weight. I had a totally normal pregnancy. I had a totally normal birth. My weight didn't come into it, you know, yes. at all in the end. Um, and I just wanted to say that because I've had so many women reach out to me since yeah. I got pregnant, um, being bigger, I'm um, being really, really nervous to, mm. to go through it and be nervous about, you know, what if I can't have a normal pregnancy or birth, yeah. which I mean, it was just my personal experience, but I did. I had a very normal birth and, and journey. So um, shout out to my midwife, who is incredible. Mm-hmm. And also shout out to anyone that is scared of going through labor like I was. Absolutely mm-hmm. petrified of it. In the end, I loved it. Yeah, um, Absolutely loved it. And it was the most incredible experience. So um, do the course, your birth project. <laughs> shout out to that as well, because that really helped with my breathing and techniques. But um no, it was just such an incredible journey in the end, and I was just terrified of all of it. And I yeah. wish I could tell that person back there yeah. to enjoy it because yeah. there was so much to enjoy rather than be scared scared about. Yeah, so normal though. I think um, yeah, true. yeah, lots of people will relate. Well, thank you so much, Meg, for coming on the podcast and putting up with my. Um, my child, yours was an angel. <laughs> oh my god, I was sitting here sweating so much because <laughs> she, I just don't dare move because she's about to go off any season. Uh, <laughs> no, but I so appreciate you joining me, and I know that um, there's lots of people out there who are really interested in hearing hearing your story. So yeah, just super grateful that you took the time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it and I really look forward to bringing you another awesome episode next week. I'd love to see your feedback if you want to leave me a review. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, um, I would really appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast. 
Otherwise, I'd love for you to share it with your friends and family, anyone you know who might be pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant or just enjoy listening to birth stories. And I will be bringing you another awesome episode next week. So I will speak to you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.